Welcome to the Strong Moms Club. This is a place where every Monday we can get together and chat all things motherhood, fitness, nutrition, mindset, and really just balancing it all while trying to keep tiny humans alive and sort of kind of maintain a social life. Hello, hello, Strong Moms. Welcome to the Strong Moms Club podcast. This is a guest episode today. So today we have Kelsey Francis on the podcast. She is a mom of two. She has a four-year-old and a 13-month-old, and she is a certified sleep consultant through the Collective of Family Rest and Wellness. Her company, her brand is called Dream Train Sleep. And she believes that teaching independent sleep is important for mom's well-being and that it shouldn't be a cookie cutter approach. So she loves working with families to find ways that are going to fit within their needs, within their lifestyle for their kids' sleep, which I love because it really goes hand in hand with how I look at women's health and health for moms too, because cookie cutters just don't work for moms. We're all so different. It's true. It's true. Every family is so different. So it's important that you look at what works for them. Yes, totally. Because I like when you're just going off some rigid plan and then it doesn't work for you, then you feel like a failure. And then you're like, exactly. okay, great. It doesn't work for me. I'll just never do it again. <laughs> totally. That's like half of how I got into this too. Like it was something I kind of looked at before I even had my first kid. Like I have never really been around kids. I've really been around babies. And then I had one of my friends had their kid and uh, their world was just like turned upside down. They're like, what the heck? This thing doesn't sleep. And I was kind of like thinking the same. I was like, oh, you don't like just change them and rock them a couple of times and put them down. They just wake up when they're hungry. Right. And then you put them back down. No, not so much. No. Yeah. I know. Like when you first, when you have your first kid, you just really don't know. And you're like, but babies just sleep when they're tired. Like, yeah, actually, they they don't just sleep, no. and that <laughs> is a very rude awakening when you realize yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, I don't know about you. Did you like do a like internet one size fits all course? Did you try that um, out? Well, okay. So I actually I'm the same as you. Where like I looked into I looked into everything like before yeah. I had my baby. I'm very much like. I need to have all the information and like know everything ahead of time. I need to have a plan. Um, so I definitely like when I'm like probably early in my pregnancy, I was already like looking up baby sleep. Um, and I took a very well-known course. Um, I don't know, like, should I say it? Sure I took the, the taking course. care of babies program <laughs> yeah. is what I did. Um, and I did her newborn course first, which I actually found really useful just because yeah. it kind of taught me like how to understand how baby sleep works. Cause like you said, we have no idea. We're just like baby sleep when they're tired. So I found that really useful. And then I did do her like actual sleep training program. Um, but I definitely did not do it like the proper way. So I kind of took a cookie cutter program and just like changed it it and made it work for me. So I was like, this isn't like, I can't just like go buy a book for this. It's not how babies work. So I definitely kind of did my own thing with it. Yeah, I found that it solidified like habits really well. Mm-hmm. It's really well. But then the part that I struggled with was it was like when your baby is six weeks, they will sleep six hour stretches. When they're seven weeks, they'll sleep seven hour mm-hmm. stretches. When they're eight so weeks, they'll sleep eight hour stretches. And that 
kind of made me like spiral because I was like, mm -hmm. they're not. So what am I doing wrong? Cause he's not, he's not, this isn't right. Cause he's not, I'm doing all the things. So why isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And then um, that was like what we were saying, it gets you into that. Like, okay, well I'm the failure here. Like yes, exactly. me, so I'm a failure. Like, no, actually it's just not really one size fits all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that I found, I kind of like hyper fixated on too much and that uh, didn't set us up for success because then I tweaked too many things and messed with too many things. Right. Mm -hmm. So then um, that's kind of what made you go into doing this. Like tell a me a little about bit, yeah, your journey of. with your kids and getting into. Yeah, I was it. definitely interested at that point. Um, but I was not brave enough to actually like go into it. I considered it. I thought about it, but I didn't get into it then. Mm -hmm. um, I worked with someone to, to formally sleep train around five months and then she kind of gave us a plan I didn't like it I was like this isn't gonna work for us so then I kind of made my own plan and she helped me walk me through it <laughs> and this was with so your first baby that was for my first, first yeah baby. I she gave us a chair method and I was like mm, no I think my anxiety is too much for that Finley is so spicy he won't like that um so then I was like let's do checks and she kind of just helped handhold me and set me up with mm -hmm. good schedules and stuff like that because that's a hard part too um and then when I had Reese I was way more familiar with everything I didn't really need a program I knew what I was doing so I just kind of went for it and then he was really good off the bat and then come six weeks there's this little regression there where your baby just like wakes up to the world Mm -hmm. And he was having none of it. He's like, don't put me down. I'm not sleeping in my bed. You're going to hold me 24 seven. And it was awful because we would literally split the night and hold him all night in his oh. rocking chair. And you can't live like that. Number one, oh. it's not safe at all. Mm -hmm. And number two, I can't function like that. Nobody can. So then at that point, I was like, okay, we need to do something. So then we obviously picked a very gentle method went with that, worked with him around six, eight weeks. And then after that, he kind of picked everything else up on his own. We didn't have to worry about like working on nights. We just worked on bedtime and then everything kind of took off from there. Um, and then I had a little blip around three months with him. I ended up actually hiring someone and working with them just on his schedule. Cause I knew he could fall asleep on his own. I knew his environment was good. Um, so I was like, something else is off. So I worked with someone else. We got along really well. And I could tell that I like knew what I was doing too. Like, I felt like I was almost like right behind her or a step ahead in a way. Mm -hmm. So I talked to her, I was like, Hey, what course did you take? And how did you like it? And how do you like doing what you're doing? She was like, I love it. And like, you're pretty good at this. Like, have you ever thought about it? And I was like, yes, I have actually. She's like, I think you should go for it. And I was scared. I was like, I don't think I can do this. I don't want to show up on social media and talk to people. Um, but she's like, I think you should try it. So I did. I took the course while I was on maternity leave. It took me a few months to get through. And now I've been doing it um, since I believe June. So I'm still pretty new, but I've been doing really well. Amazing. And this is what yeah. you, this, you do full time. This is your business now. 
or do you uh, no, I am actually a dental assistant as well. Okay. So I'm just finishing up my mat leave and then I'll be going back to doing dental assisting three days a week. And then I'll be doing this the other days oh, and then a little bit during those days as well. Obviously. And is your plan to stay doing both or would you like to let this be your like full, full time? I, I would love to do this full time, but I still would like to keep my license and do it like a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to lose like my certification right so I still have to do enough that I can keep it um but I would love to do this more and be home with my kids more just well even I like I I was a nurse I actually gave up my nursing license when I finished mat leave because I was like I'm not going back that's a lot though (laughs) um yeah but I feel like it's a lot of people in nursing kind of do that too where like they'll do something else after they have kids but then they still like will have one shift a week or two I think for for nursing we have to have it's like four shifts a month or something equals to keep your license. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just kind of, it's nice to have something different that you're doing too, right? Switching totally. it up. Um, yeah. So That's you were saying true. like, there's all these different methods, right? Which is there, there's so many different methods. Like everyone that I've talked to has a different method that they've used with their baby when they were sleep training. Um, but yeah. what I, what you were saying about how you like kind of set up the foundations at the start that's I find that's just so helpful like that's what same with what we did right with doing that newborn course and then we just set up these good habits when we actually got into sleep training it wasn't like we had to start fresh and like we had no idea what we were doing right so I think that's helpful um so with your clients like what when do you normally start with them like do you do kind of newborn stuff or do you wait until that like five or six months for training like how what does it look like usually for your process since I know you kind of do all different methods, depending on what each family needs. Totally. Um, I think that you can really start whenever, uh, you just have to have realistic expectations, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so if you were to start with a newborn, you know, things like you were saying, like their environment, you want to make sure that's good. Um, new newborns, you know, they still need that good light exposure during the day that helps, uh, set their circadian rhythm, um, helps with their like day night confusion if they have that. And then, um, white noise is always good. helps them connect sleep cycles a little bit earlier, drown out the background Mm -hmm. sounds. Um, same with temperature. You want to make sure it's not too warm. It has to be, you know, cool and comfortable for everyone. Um, timing is important, following proper wake windows. Mm -hmm. And then what else do we want to look at? Oh, a routine. It's important to establish some sort of, sort of like pre-sleep routine that you follow. Mm -hmm that really, you know, helps them. They like that predictability. It's good for them to get used to that. Um, Those are things that I always look at before starting with someone and implement with somebody first. So that's Um, kind of the first step is getting habit. And when, like, how did you start? Can you start that when, and with a newborn or what age normally? Yep. Day one, I would say to start that. Yeah. Day one. And then, you know, I would start to worry about like having a darker environment kind of when they hit that six, eight week mark and wake Mm -hmm. up a little bit. Yeah. Those Um, newborn days where they'll just sleep anywhere is amazing. Like I put my daughter in her little like portable bed thing, like on the living room table in a bright room and she would sleep. And now it's like one crack of light is in a room. She's like, Oh, I'm awake. Yeah. (laughs) It's true. It's so true. Yeah. Those newborn days are so lovely. Those fresh, fresh days. Like hard, but also nice. Yeah, (laughs) it's true. And then I also always want to look at how feeding is going. If there's Mm -hmm. feeding issues, then that's something that needs to be addressed first. Mm -hmm. Um, Same with like checking if they're a mouth breather, if they're a mouth breather, sometimes that needs extra treatment. 
um, you know, tongue tied. I've never even thought of that. My daughter was a mouth breather because I remember when she got her first cold, she couldn't breathe or no, she was a nose breather. Sorry. That's good. Nose okay. And then when she got yeah. her first cold, she couldn't breathe. And I was like, Oh my God, we got to teach you how to breathe out of your mouth. Like, how do yeah, you yeah. Usually mouth breathing, breathing can be a sign of some sort of like sleep disorder too, like any kind of apnea oh, and stuff okay. like that. Yeah. Um, so you want to, you know, follow up with sometimes ENT, um, sometimes you can see lactation, occupational mm-hmm. therapist, um, there's something called myofunctional therapy, which is like work with like the tongue and stuff like that. We um, have a chiropractor too for yeah, chiropractors are good too. Yeah, that too. Um, those are all important things that should be figured out before you start any formal sleep training. Definitely, and I guess same with like weight gain and stuff like that too, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah, kind of yeah. hand in hand with the feeding. Yeah, yeah. I usually don't worry too much about um like forcing weaning during the night until they're usually even eight months. I think it's Mm -hmm. even acceptable to have a night feed or two until eight months. Um, Mm -hmm. Not every baby needs it, but some babies definitely do. I feel like Um, I remember reading something about like waiting till they double their birth weight or something. Is that just random? I I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure. I I say as long as the doctor says it's okay, it's okay. I'm not really 100% sure. I I feel like most babies kind of figured like at some point they kind of slow their night feed not all obviously but yeah. some kind of slow down on their own so yes kind of yeah if they have some sort of independence they usually do a little bit mm-hmm. um but as far as methods go there's so many to choose from like you said like when I look at a plan I have like up to 20 methods that I pick from mm-hmm. like there's a lot it just depends on baby's age um the baby's temperament the parent's temperament the parent's parenting style how anxious the parents are Mm -hmm. lots of things like that come into play right if you have a more spicy baby but a more anxious mom the mom's probably going to want to do something that's more of an attachment kind of method where the baby might not like that like sometimes those spicy babies they just need some space Mm -hmm. um I usually do try to start with a more in-room attached attachment, like mom supporting, dad supporting sort of method, and then see how it goes. I think that's a good intro point. Mm -hmm. Um, But then depending on how they're handling it, we either stay with that or we can move away from it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think it has to be like, you pick a method, you stick with that method, you pick something, you start with it, you analyze how it's working and then you adapt, right? Like everything. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be, this is what the plan says. I have to do X, Y, Z. Like sometimes you have to go back and look back and see what's working and what's not and change things. I'm sure you find that too with clients, right? Yeah. Like it's exactly, it's the same with, with health and fitness or with anything, right? Like nothing is going to work for everyone. So you just have to kind of adjust as you go, see what's working, see what's not, see how you can change it. And I think that's obviously what's really beneficial about having a coach like in terms of health and fitness or in terms of training your baby how to sleep or like teaching your baby how to sleep because training is kind of a weird word (laughs) I know I don't love the word training I hate the word like sleep training I'm like teaching them it's helping them I know it seems so like strict it's like "Ah." because really it's like helping them learn how to do something for themselves it's like not really training I don't know it's a weird word but yeah it's like same with everything right having that coach or having someone to like help you through it helps you actually adjust things rather than being like okay here's the plan and I just have to do it as this and then if something doesn't work then I'm I give up because I don't know what to do or 
Like it's just so hard when you something's set and there's no one to help you adjust it or guide you through like, okay, maybe this isn't working for you. Where can we change things? Yes. So I like that you have all those different methods. Like you literally do whatever is going to work best for the family. Cause obviously a lot of programs don't do that. Or like a lot of mm-hmm. sleep consultants have like one way that they do things. Right. And it's like, well, if that doesn't work for me now, what? with the program I used a lot of people that I know that use the same one just were like okay we have to do it like this and then yeah. if something didn't work they were like well this just doesn't work for me like, okay, yeah and then they just quit right yes why don't we try something different yeah and it, I think it holds that's a lot why... of people back from continuing on with sleep training like I know so many people who started and the first night or the second night were went bad and then they were like we just can't do this it just doesn't work for our kid a hundred percent. That's almost always a question that I ask people when they reach out to me. I'm like, have you tried it before? Yes. Mm-hmm. Have you failed before? Yes. Mm-hmm. So do you, think you should probably pick a plan that has some support to it. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which right. again, with everything, it's like, okay, I failed on my own 10 times. I'm going to mm-hmm. try the 11th time on my own. Like, well, what makes you think the 11th time is going to work? Like exactly. it's time we try something different, try yeah. working with someone who can help. Yeah. And like, it's one of those things too. Sometimes if you're doing things on your own, you don't see those little progresses that mm-hmm. come on. Some people get frustrated because things aren't working on night two. And it's like, but they are like, you put them down and they fell asleep in their crypt tonight. They haven't fallen asleep in their crypt before on their own. It might've taken some time. They might've been upset about it, but they did it. Right. Mm-hmm. Or they, you know, had a little bit longer of a nap today. They haven't done that before that's good. That's progress, right? Mm -hmm. There's lots of little things that people don't pick up on. They expect to implement changes and things to change right away. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like day one on a diet or when you start counting your macros, you're like, (laughs) I lose five pounds a week. I don't understand what's going on. Or you do like one workout and then you're looking in the mirror like, okay, where are my abs? Like, it's going to take some time. Yeah. Um, I I think you just shared about this on Instagram like the other day. And I was like, oh, I need to remember this so we can talk about it. So I'm glad you brought it up again. (laughs) That is like, yeah, people go into things with like expectations. And then when their expectations aren't met, it's like, oh, this isn't working. But yeah, they're not looking at those little things, like the slow progress that's going to lead up to eventually being where you want to be, right? Yeah, 100%. And then I think, so we kind of, yeah, so we kind of chatted about what methods you use. Um, And then that kind of brings me into the topic of like sleep, which we already discussed, sleep training, like the title Mm -hmm. of it being so controversial and people just being like, it's not for me. I could never do it. Or people trying it once and being like, this is terrible. I can never do this again. It's the worst thing ever. And I think that a comes from sleep training being (laughs) the title of it. That doesn't sound great. But then also with people not realizing that there are these like 20 plus methods, like you mentioned, and it doesn't have to be just like you put your baby in their bed and they cry and you just let them cry forever until they cry themselves to sleep because when people think sleep training, that's what they immediately think. Like they just think, okay, I just have to let my baby cry it out. And that's just not like maybe once upon a time, that was what was considered sleep training, but there's so many other methods now. So I I, like, what, what are your thoughts on the whole anti-sleep training culture? So in my opinion, it comes down to, I think there's a few things that it kind of comes down to the controversy around sleep training. It originated from, um, Romanian orphanages like way back in 1980s. Mm -hmm. So their government wanted to have a big population boom. So they like banned birth control, encouraged everyone to have children. There were too many children for 
the parents to deal with. They were starving, like there wasn't enough food. They couldn't take care of them properly. They opened these orphanages. All these babies went into these orphanages and they were basically put in the crib and left there, not cared for, not really attended to. Mm -hmm. That is where the comparison is. That's where like the (laughs) myth of sleep training being abandoned and goes back to, which is crazy. Like this is two completely different things. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, like how are we comparing a well cared for baby that has a family that loves them and is with them all day and then like helps them sleep at night to babies that literally have no one to care for them and are just left alone? Exactly. Before we try and put them to sleep at night, we implement a routine. A routine has a feeding, a routine has a hygiene component, a routine has a connection component, a routine has a like a physical touch component. Mm -hmm. All these things are nurturing things and part of, you know, like attachment parenting and good attachment mm-hmm. um the second thing I think it comes down to is like you said people automatically assume sleep training means cr- some sort of crime method mm-hmm. um not to say that sleep training never has crime because there's always going to be crying like oh, 99% yeah. of the time there's going to be crying it's learning something yeah. new um, and they think that it automatically, like it's assumed that sleep training means weaning all night feeds and cutting baby off and just putting them in their crib and leaving them all night, which isn't mm-hmm. true. Um, and then the third thing I think it comes down to is um, different parenting styles too. Mm-hmm. People that have more of a, like a permissive attachment kind of parenting, like I find that they would find this to be crazy, right? <laughs> I know a few people who are that way and they cannot sleep train because it stresses them out too much. You know, like as soon as their baby cries, it's like they panic and they're stressed and they can't do it. And I like what you said about how like, yes, they're going to cry. And I remember learning this when we did the newborn course was like there, or maybe it was the actual five month up course. I don't know, but either way it was like, yes, they're going to cry, but like, they're not crying because something's physically wrong. Like they're not hurt. They're like, they're okay. They're crying because you're making, you're, you're asking them to do something new that they're not used to doing. And they're like essentially protesting, like, wait, like, I don't know if I want to do this. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how to do this. I'm frustrated. I'm trying to fall asleep, but I don't really know how without you kind of thing. Right. And like, it's hard, it's Um, hard to do something new. Like anytime we try to do something new too, like, like you were saying, starting your business, getting into this, like it's hard and you're scared to do it. Right. But you did it and now it's benefited you and it's not hard anymore. Right. Well, I mean, it's probably still hard in its own way, but (laughs) (laughs) like, it's the same with like learning how to independently sleep. Like it's, it's new, it's scary, it's hard at first, but it's going to be so beneficial in the end. Totally. Yeah, I think so too. I think it comes down to those few things, to be honest with you. I feel like there's a little bit of an upswing right now too, in like that more attachment based kind Mm -hmm. of thing, which is fine because it does work for some people. Right. Um, And then like, you would look at like the other types of parenting, right? Like the authoritative styles would be probably you and I, right? Setting boundaries, sticking to boundaries, still providing warmth. Um, That's the way I usually approach things with sleep. And then the other type of parenting style too, which is like the very strict, um, these type of parents would be more inclined to go towards like a cry it out kind Mm -hmm. of method. Um, They would have a hard time with following schedules. They would expect their kids to adapt to their schedule kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Expectations. Um, I feel like that's a big part of that kind of- that's how parenting is like you expect a lot from a baby who you can't really expect anything from 
Yeah, yeah, they'd be very frustrated with like inconsistencies, those kinds of things. And I honestly, I've worked with all kinds of these families too, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. just about adjusting people's expectations when you are working with Mm -hmm. them. Um, Yeah, I guess it is really expectations on either side. Like if you're on that like more anxious side, it's like, okay, well, you expect everything to be easy and no crying. And as soon as things are hard, it's like, no. And then the opposite end is you expect everything to go perfectly. And then when it doesn't, you're like, angry that it's not working right yeah, so being absolutely. in that kind of middle ground where you're like okay we're going to figure out what works and yeah. kind of do what we need to do and like we'll have a little bit of expectations in the terms of like keeping our boundaries and like staying consistent but also no expectations on like how this is actually going to work out yeah that's what kind of always comes down to is expectations and mm-hmm. being realistic right mm-hmm. want to take a super quick break from this amazing conversation with Kelsey to remind you guys that today, Monday, November 27th is the last day to take advantage of my black Friday, cyber Monday sales. Let me remind you what those are. The first one and by far the hugest one is on my private coaching program. So this is a four month coaching program that completely transforms your lifestyle, your health, your body, and your self-confidence. And normally I never discount it. But until the end of today, I am offering your fourth month in this program completely free. Plus, you're going to get two extra bonus gifts. You'll get a Strong Moms Club hoodie and a Strong Moms Club t-shirt. If you are looking to completely transform your health, hit some serious fitness goals in the new year, this is a perfect opportunity to lock in a discounted price and get started once January rolls in. Next up is my Mastering Macros Course Hub Access that I'm offering with Macro Consults. This is a customized nutrition plan made completely for your body, your lifestyle, your goals. It includes a meal plan and for today only, it also includes lifetime access to my Mastering Macros Education Hub, which is packed with tons of training and resources to make sure that you are really getting the most out of your macro tracking experience. This course hub truly contains all the information that I wish I had when I got started with macro tracking because it will save so much time and so much trial and error and help you get amazing results right from the get-go. Now, the last offer that ends today is $40 Strong Mom Club hoodies. This is an insane price for a hoodie. These hoodies are a winter must-have. They're cute, they're comfy, they make the perfect athleisure fit, and you really can't go wrong with a $40 hoodie. So buy one for yourself, buy one for your mom friends, buy one for your mom. Heck, buy one for the dog moms in your life because this is a steal. I'm going to leave the link in the show notes to access all of these offers and snag them before they're gone because they will be disappearing at midnight on Monday, November 27th. Now let's get back in today's conversation with Kelsey. And then you mentioned like the kind of uprise in this anti-sleep training culture lately. (laughs) Um, And I find what I always see is all these like posts that they're sharing on Instagram stories and whatnot. That's like, here's the negative effects of sleep training your baby. And like, your baby will feel unloved and like, you're going to have no attachment. And they're like sharing all these things. I'd love to hear your thoughts on all these things that are shared about the negative effects essentially of sleep training versus the positive effects that you obviously see with your clients when they improve their baby sleep. So to be honest, the negative effects, I haven't found any, to be Mm -hmm. honest with you. I have my own child is four year old. I think our attachment is great. I 
personally haven't met anyone or talked to anyone that has said, I wish I didn't do that. So I don't know of any negative effects mm -hmm. to this point. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard. It's not easy to do. Mm -hmm. But to me, I don't know of anything negative yet. The positives, though, I mean, there's tons, right? Like I have had people whose marriages have been saved who mm -hmm. now have quality time with their spouses they are able to take care of themselves they have time to work out again they have time to prep proper meals again mm -hmm. um they have time to spend with siblings again their sanity is back like so many things that have improved because they've worked on sleep right mm -hmm. improves their relationship with their other kids I found like now I mean my daughter sleeps through the night now but even like in the beginning like I used to have that app where you would like track their sleep and mm -hmm. when I look back on it I'm like I don't know how I was functioning like that I like know. I don't know how I would wake up in the morning and go through a day and like in hindsight maybe I wasn't really functioning that well yeah. <laughs> but like I don't know how I was living and then when she got down to like even just two wake-ups a night it was such a game changer like totally. I, originally I went in being like okay she's gonna sleep through the night and then we got to two wake-ups and I was like I could do this this is fine two wakes yeah. up two wake-ups is great like it's better than seven or eight or yeah. ten like yeah better than being up for two hours in the middle of the night and mm -hmm. then we got down to one and then we now had no wake-ups in the night but like I found that one thing that it really helped me with was being able to like get up in the morning and do things with my day before she wakes up because when she, like, when none of us were sleeping in the night, it was like, there's no way I'm getting up early. I'm sleeping until yeah. the last minute that I can. I'm waking up yeah. when she makes me wake up. Yeah. But now it's like, I can actually wake up and feel alive and do things and feel productive yeah. with my days. Like you have time for yourself and you feel like yourself again, right? You don't feel mm -hmm. like a walking zombie. You're a better parent, right? Like when you're sleep deprived, it's crazy. Like, I don't know how people live like that or parent mm -hmm. like that like the all the side effects are just like awful right like you can't well, they say they use, like don't they use sleep de deprivation as like a form of torture sometimes <laughs> yes like and even think about think about how many moms are out there like aimlessly just driving around so that their kids can fall asleep in the car but they're mm -hmm. so sleep deprived it's like they're probably driving drunk right like I'm sure it's pretty mm -hmm. equivalent to being close to yeah right? Like it's, it's bad. Um, like in severe cases, like impaired judgment, um, your behavior can be just impulsive or reckless, mm -hmm. you know, you can have hallucinations, like lots of stuff like that. And it's just not safe to be even taking care of your kids like that. Mm -hmm. Well, even just, yeah, like your patience, like your mood and your patience. Like when I was in those newborn days, like I remember my patience just being so thin and like, I would get yeah. so stressed, like as yeah. soon like if I couldn't stop my daughter from crying when I was trying to put her to sleep I would be crying too because I'm like yeah. she hates me like she doesn't like me like, yeah and they you know relax on that like, too, everyone's right? just sleep deprived yeah yeah it's true but they do they pick up on those kind of things too like they can feel your emotions through you yeah yeah well and then also if we're feeling that sleep deprived and that terrible from it like obviously they're feeling the same way because they're sleeping mm -hmm. just as terrible as we are in those times yeah and it it can affect them definitely down the line too. like sleep helps a lot with the development of your central nervous system. Mm -hmm. So then as you get older, if you didn't sleep that well as an infant, sometimes you have a hard time with like those sensory processing things and that can show up in your behavior. And, you know, if you're a kid that's sleep deprived, you're not going to do as well in school. You're going to have a hard time focusing. You're going to be falling asleep in class, all those kinds of mm -hmm. things. So 
yeah, it definitely has an impact on them as well. Well, and even just health wise too, like I'm sure it's similar for kids as it is for adults that like when we don't have proper sleep and when we have that lack of recovery, like it affects our health in so many ways too, right? Our inflammation is increased, mm-hmm. our like our muscle repair and building is decreased, metabolism is affected. Like oftentimes yeah. when people don't have that recovery as adults, like they're storing excess weight and they're losing muscle and they're not building muscle. And like, if all these things can affect adults so much, how is it affecting a baby who's just developing all these things, right? Like yeah. we as adults already have developed these and it can still affect them. So when you're just yeah. starting all that, it's got to have negative effects. It has to. Yeah. I don't know if there's really any studies or any tests that really show them specifically, mm-hmm. but it has to, right? Like I know it's just kind of a common this- sense thing, I think. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I agree. And in my personal opinion, I think those negative effects to poor sleep outweigh the potential negative effects that there may be to sleep training. Because yes. personally, I think those things can be improved in other ways, right? Like you're not going to completely destroy your relationship to your kid by teaching them how to sleep if you're caring for them and having a close relationship in the day. Absolutely. Like you're, it's funny because people say like, oh, the cortisol release when you sleep train them is damaging, but it's like when you get overtired and you're not sleeping, you're releasing cortisol. So what's the difference? (laughs) And then it can, it continues because you're, uh, you're, overtired and you're not getting yeah. proper rest and recovery. So then that's going to increase your stress levels. It's going to increase your cortisol levels. It's just this yeah. vicious cycle where your cortisol levels are staying high. Yeah. I don't know if there's any wins. I don't know if anyone's right, but that's, <laughs> that's my opinion. Yeah. And I mean, that's, there's so many opinions, right. And it's so like, exactly. like I said, I think people kind of sometimes it's like a confirmation bias, right. Where you're only consuming the things that are going to support what you're thinking. And that's when mm-hmm. all those things are getting shared and I don't know. Sometimes I also find that it can be like, I found when I was in the process of sleep training with my daughter, it was almost triggering when people were sharing these things. Cause it was like, Oh my God, am I, am I damaging her forever? Like, yeah. am I damaging our relationship and like causing her all these negative things because of, of what I'm doing? Because I was seeing these things being shared that were like, Oh, am I doing the wrong thing here? Yeah. I know there's so much stuff out there right now, but there's That's the internet for you. <laughs> That's the internet. Yeah. There's lots of studies. None of them have shown any effects of damagement to attachment. Well, and there's lots of studies. And then there's also lots of just like random photos that people post on Instagram with text on them with no actual backup. (laughs) (laughs) Like how many of these things are studies and how many of them are just like people's confirmation bias? Oh, I know. So circling back to kind of you working with your clients, when people come to you to help for you to help them with their baby sleep what are they like what are the biggest struggles that they're dealing with at the time that they're trying to overcome like what are they looking to improve in their life with this usually night times usually waking up night all night right having a long time awake during the night multiple night wakings mm-hmm. um they're just ready to sleep again right they're exhausted mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of all those things we just talked about. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, And some kids, it takes a little bit longer. Some, it's just a matter of changing a few things and they pick up on it right away, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes you just need a fresh set of eyes on the situation to sort things out. Mm -hmm. And do you, because you said you work like with kids as young, like as newborns. Um, what about like older kids? Like, do you work with to- like older toddlers type of thing? Because I feel like yeah. a-, a lot of people, I know we were just talking earlier about like, you never really hear about regrets when people have sleep trained. I find that like a lot of people that I know who sleep trained a bit later, 
they're only like, say after one or whatever, their like biggest regret is that they didn't do it sooner. Like I have so many friends that are like my only regret or my like biggest insight in this is that I wish I did it when my kid was like six months rather than waiting till they were like a year, year and a half. Yeah, it's, it's true. And it's, I don't know, it's those bigger kids are a little bit, uh, spicier, right? They have bigger (laughs) feelings and bigger emotions. So sometimes it's a little bit harder with them, but Mm -hmm. then at the same time, they know how to do it. It's Mm -hmm. just setting that boundary and sticking to that boundary. That's when it comes to bigger kids, that's usually what the issues are is Mm -hmm. you have to set the boundary and you really have to hold the boundary because they know if they can push you and they can get through it, they're going to get through it. (laughs) Well, and they, cause they understand more, right. Which is like Uh positives and then it's negatives. Like they understand Mm -hmm. more. So they understand what you're asking of them, but then they also understand that they can say no. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And they also understand that they've done something a certain way for a year or a year and a half. And they're like, well, why are you going to make me change now? Like this is working. This is good. It's true. They're definitely fun to work with though, because you definitely see their personalities come out. (laughs) And I think too, like, even if you do sleep training from a young age, again, it's with that expectations thing that like, it's not going to be perfect forever. Things are going to change. You're going to have regressions. You're going to have like weeks where your kid is sick or has a tooth coming in and they're waking up more. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a good thing to keep in mind too, with like expectations, even if you sleep train from six months or whenever it's still, you're going to have nights where things don't go perfectly. Yes. And I'm glad you brought that up because lots of people think, well, I did it once. Now everything's going to be perfect. And that's not the case at all. Things happen, right? And you never know what happens. They get sick. Like you said, Um, family situations change. There's always little hiccups that can happen that'll affect sleep. I do find now though, like even when I do have those bad nights, bad nights, quote unquote, where like my daughter will wake up a couple of times because something's something's wrong, right? Like something's going on. I don't like get as stressed out about it anymore because I know it's not our normal. And like one night of having some more wake-ups or one week of it even like, isn't going to affect me as much. And I also, I feel like I kind of shifted my mindset around it where now I'm not like annoyed when she wakes up, but I'm like, Oh, like she needs me. I am comfort. This is nice. Yeah. Before like when she was waking up all the time, I was like, that's that's the worst thing ever. Just go to sleep. Just got to sleep. Yeah. But now, you know, like something's off. She knows how to do this. So obviously Mm -hmm. she needs something. Right. So it's nice Mm -hmm. because once that's done, you can pick up on those signals a little bit better. Right. When before, if they woke up, you would automatically assume that it was because they were hungry. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, Oh, I got to feed them. I got to feed them. I got to feed them. But yeah, you're like trying to shove a boob in their face and they're like, I don't want this. No. Yeah. You sometimes miss some underlying things if it's you know, something that's not a skill. Yeah. So you definitely kind of learn it almost kind of improves your attachment to, in a sense to your baby because you understand them better. Right. I know that's what I think too. I think it can improve attachment, but I don't know. Also apparently damages attachment. So who knows? <laughs> <Each their own. laughs> yeah. So if you say you were talking to a mom right now, who's listening, who is really struggling with their kid's sleep, whether they're a ba- like a baby or a toddler, what is the number one piece of advice that you would give them that would help them today? Okay. I have a, I have a couple. Okay. Um, number one is that you don't have to make huge changes. You can make little changes at once and go as slow as you want to. You don't have to dive head first and do the whole shabam. You can make little changes. Um, number two, this one is a big one that gets overlooked. Move your bedtime feeding 30 minutes before bed. 
have it finished 30 minutes before bed. That way you're removing that association of feeding to sleep. And that sometimes makes a humongous difference. Sometimes mm -hmm. that is a game changer for people and that's it. That's all the baby needed. Okay. Interesting. Cause I remember doing yeah. that actually. I, cause I mm -hmm. used to feed my daughter like in the dark in her room right before I put her to bed when she was a newborn. And then I just kind of started feeding her like on the couch before bed, before the bedtime routine instead. And I did find it actually mm -hmm. really helpful. So I just thought it was random. Yeah, it, okay. Sometimes they can like get into that first state of drowsy when they're sleeping mm -hmm. and then they expect to be in that to fall asleep every time right so sometimes that's why they wake up a little bit more frequently is because they're not used to falling asleep from awake to that first state of drowsy and, so, and I yeah, guess that, that, that whole like learning to independently fall asleep rather than you like put like that drowsy but awake put them in bed thing <laughs> yeah some babies that works for and some babies it doesn't and most of them yeah. almost always grow out of that so yeah so those are the top two top two tips that they could do today that would help yeah Little changes add up and move that feeding. <laughs> Which that little changes add up is like same with what I say with people's health and fitness, right? Like don't go in being like, I'm gonna change my whole life today. Like, no, you're yeah. probably not. And then you're gonna yeah, feel like I a failure when you don't. So to finish this up, where can people find more about you and what you offer if they're looking for help with their sleep with their baby? I am on Instagram at dream train sleep. Um, I do have a lot of content on my page and then I do a free question day once a week. It is usually on Wednesdays, but I'm not hundred percent sure what day I'm going to have it when I am back at work. Mm -hmm. um, but I usually do have it once a week. And then my website is linked through my Instagram page as well, but it's just www.dreamtrainsleep.com. Um, you can also email me Kelsey at dreamtrainsleep.com and then, um, services. I have one-on-one -on -one packages that have support. I have a package that's just like making a custom plan for someone, um, a schedule support package, troubleshooting packages, and usually my support package runs for two weeks. Um, I would like to extend a discount too, to anyone from the podcast for my one-on-one -on -one, um, services. So discount code for that would be strong moms club. Okay. Perfect. Nice and easy. So they can go on your website and they can add that in at checkout to get a discount. Yes. You bet. Okay. Amazing. So I will put all those links in the show notes too. So you can access um, her Instagram website and I'll put the discount code there too. Um, and I'm sure if you have any questions, you can send Kelsey a DM on Instagram or send her an email. Absolutely. Hopefully everything that Kelsey shared with us today was helpful for anyone who is struggling with sleep with their baby um, and is ready to improve their baby sleep, improve your own health, improve your entire family's health, and maybe even your attachment and connection with your baby. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Strong Moms Club podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and I would love to hear any of your insights over on Instagram if you want to send me a DM there at wellwithincoaching. And if you loved this episode, I would really appreciate it if you could share it with your friends and family and on your Instagram. Being a new podcast, I really need that word of mouth sharing to grow this community.
As a fun little bonus for anyone who shares my podcast on their Instagram, I will be doing a draw at the end of each month for a $25 Amazon gift card. So if you are an online shopping addict like me, you're going to want to share this podcast for a little bit of spending cash. Thank you so much again for being here, for being part of the Strong Moms Club community, and I will see you next Monday with another episode. Bye.